Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome to this bonus episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this final episode of 2022, where we're talking about how to nail your New Year's resolutions. And before we get into it, I just want to let you know that season two of the podcast with tangible takeaways in every single episode for how to boost your inner peace will be starting up in February. So I hope you'll join me. Please subscribe or follow in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss a single episode or useful tidbit. So thank you so much for being here. Let's get into how to nail your New Year's resolutions. Do you make New Year's resolutions? I've gone back and forth with them. Sometimes I make them. Sometimes I don't. This year I have a big, big goal. I'm not even considering it a New Year's resolution. It's just a super big personal goal to complete my book proposal more on that later. But I wanted to get into what I've learned over the years from the science and from personal experience about how to make your New Year's resolutions more likely to be achieved, how you can set yourself up in the best way possible to make those goals you dream of a reality. So that's what we're getting into today. I've got six tips for you. The first one is to come from a place of love, not lack. So to remember that there's nothing wrong with you that needs to be fixed. You know, resolutions are about what we want in our lives, sort of ideal realities that we hope to create. And so often we frame them around what we consider our faults or deficiencies. Like this is wrong with me and this is what I need to fix in the new year. So I'm going to make a resolution to fix this thing, this perceived fault. Like I'm so out of shape, so I need to go to the gym every day. And what I would like to suggest is that framing our resolutions from a place of love really better sets us up for success. It puts us in the right frame of mind to do something really awesome for ourselves rather than something punitive. And it also takes into consideration that we're already good. We're already good and worthy and deserving. We're not flawed and messed up and wrong and lame. And That mental shift, that's what it really is, is a mental shift, is so powerful because when we're doing something kind for ourselves, like we all love to do kind things for other people. I mean, most of us do, to help someone out, to do somebody a favor, to surprise somebody with something nice. When we bring that energy to our New Year's resolutions, it makes things so much easier and more pleasant. So that doesn't mean we can't make resolutions that have to do with self-improvement. I mean, so many of our goals are about improving ourselves or creating something for ourselves that we deeply desire, which means that we don't have it yet and we deeply desire to create it for ourselves. So there's nothing wrong with creating resolutions around personal development, personal growth, even changes in your health or habits. That's all great. What I'm saying is to to approach this from a place of love as though this is a kind thing you are doing for yourself and not a punishment or condemnation for where you've fallen short your entire life up until now. So for instance, if you, well, one of the most popular resolutions every single year is to either like lose weight or get in shape. And if that is your resolution this year, may I suggest that one possible way to frame it is 
I resolve to get more exercise this year or I resolve to get in shape this year because I deserve to feel my best. I deserve vibrant health. I deserve ease of movement in my life. And that's the, that's the basis for my resolution. Not because I'm lazy and out of shape and lame, but because I deserve goodness. I deserve vitality and excellent health. And framing it that way makes it like a gift you're giving to yourself and not a punishment. And even breaking bad habits can be framed in such a loving way. So say, for instance, you want to quit smoking, which is a great idea. I have done it many times and I finally stuck. But we all know smoking is, you know, a a deadly habit and it's stinky and it's expensive. But instead of quitting for that reason, like I have a stinky, expensive, terrible habit. What about the same kind of framing we did for getting in shape? Like I want to quit smoking because I deserve to smell fresh. I want to quit smoking because I deserve to be free from constraining habits. I want to quit smoking because I want to feel my full lung capacity and breathe big air whenever I want. I want to quit smoking so I don't have to stand outside the club at night by myself just to smoke. And give yourself that gift. Coming from a place of love and self-worth and self-love makes keeping your resolutions so much more likely. There are studies around self-compassion that show that people who are kind to themselves, who treat themselves with compassion, are way more likely to reach their goals than those who treat themselves with self-criticism and self-admonition. So coming from a place of love, not lack, is my first tip for how to nail your New Year's resolutions this year. Tip number two is to set resolutions around things you really want, not things you think you should want. So if you don't really want to go to the gym or get more exercise, maybe consider not making that your resolution. Make a resolution for something you truly want. Like, for instance, if you have always wanted to take a ceramics class or you wanted to learn to surf or you want to visit New Orleans, maybe make that your resolution. Something you're really excited to attempt and achieve. Something that working it into your life feels like a wonderful opportunity and a blessing. I think a lot of times we make resolutions because we should, like we feel like we should do them like I should be saving more money or I should be eating less carbs or whatever it is and that's that's coming from that kind of punitive perspective in my view. Like if if it's a should it already has that feeling of ick. And you've maybe heard that phrase like don't should all over yourself, right? That's what we do sometimes with these resolutions that we think we should do. Whereas if we choose a resolution around something we truly want, I want to stretch every morning or I want to gain flexibility, that's stretching every morning. I want to build a meditation practice because I want to feel more at ease in my mind. That is, it's just, it has built-in incentive because it's something you really truly want. And I'd like to suggest that not every resolution has to be all about like getting fit and saving money and quitting smoking and all those things. While all of those things are great, maybe your resolution is to visit more restaurants in the new year or spend more time with your parents or spend more time outside. Something that feels like you really want that in your life. Those kinds of resolutions are going to be a lot easier to keep. 
I can tell you this from experience because there was a few years ago, I started making resolutions around stuff that I really, really wanted, like visiting New Orleans was something I wanted to do. And so that was great. Having that as my resolution meant that it was in my mind as something I needed to achieve in the next 12 months. And I was super stoked to do it. So I also think that making resolutions around things you really want don't have to be the antithesis or mutually exclusive from making resolutions that are things that maybe are in the should column in society. Like you could really want to feel more fit, but it doesn't require you to have to go to the gym every day or lose weight or whatever to to shape your resolutions so that they feel really exciting and manageable and achievable is the way to make them more likely you're going to actually do it and stick with it. Resolutions that we're excited about are a lot easier to keep. But that also brings me to point number three, which is make your resolutions specific. Goals that are super clear are easier to accomplish. So as I gave with the New Orleans example, like I knew I wanted to do that that year. So that gave me 12 months to make that happen. So there's this framework for goal setting that you've probably heard of. It's called SMART goals. And that's when you make goals SMART is an acronym, and that's when you make goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. So with the New Year's resolution, the time-bound is built in. That's for the new year, right? So it's for 2023 that we want to make this happen. We've got 12 months. But these other elements of specific, measurable, achievable, and realistic makes our goals so much more likely to be accomplished, So when we've got resolutions that we're excited about, we're making them out of love, not lack. It's something that we really, really want. But sometimes we can fall into making it too vague. Like, I want to try new restaurants in the new year. Or I want to cook more in the new year. And if we make these goals according to the SMART framework, it's a lot easier to see where we are and to assess our progress and to actually get where we're trying to go. So instead of just, I want to try more restaurants this coming year, maybe say, I want to go to one new restaurant a month for 2023. I'm going to choose one new restaurant a month to go to. Or if you're like, I want to cook more, then make it specific. I plan to cook at least once a week for the first three months of the year and then reassess at that time. Whatever it is to get specific, to put to make it measurable so you can see where you are with it, to make it something achievable, like If you're not exercising at all and you say, I want to go to the gym five days a week, that might not be achievable or realistic. That's really kind of a, um, almost a bridge too far, right? So chunking down our goals, something you really want, make it achievable for yourself so you get that taste of success right away. And this goes back to that self-love piece. It's not It's not about lack, it's about love. So if you really do say you want to exercise more, right? So, okay, I want to make a commitment that's specific and measurable and realistic and achievable in 2023, then maybe I'm going to commit, if I say I don't exercise at all and I want to exercise in in the new year, maybe I'm going to commit to taking a walk after dinner twice a week. And that's where I'm going to start. And then I can see how I'm doing. Is twice a week enough? Do I feel like I could add another day? Is walking enough? Do I feel like I might want to, you know, do some dancing in the apartment? 
When we make our goals really realistic and achievable, we get that feeling of success, which provides its own momentum, which is what can keep us going. You know, I'm sure you've heard the statistics that most people like abandon their New Year's resolutions before January is over. We don't have to do that. We can set ourselves up for with starting with love, with something we really want, and then be very specific about how we're going to go about achieving that goal. My next tip is to approach your resolutions with kindness, grace, and curiosity. I touched on this before when I talked about making resolutions out of love, not lack. But inevitably, when we're trying something new or when we're challenging ourselves, you know, there's going to be slip-ups. Things might not go exactly as planned. We might have wanted to do it two times a week, but then we had to travel for work and it didn't get to happen. Or we got sick or whatever. So when we're trying something new, when we're pushing ourselves to grow, let's be kind, gentle, and curious about what's happening. Is this working for me? Is this making sense for me? Is this really practical? What could I do to support myself further here? Would I like to have a walking buddy? Um, Is cooking twice a week too much? Should I be doing it less? Should I go every other week? Should I order one of those meal kit things that comes with all the ingredients? When we can have some flexibility kindness and curiosity around our goals, then we can sort of move with the flow and really make it happen. The point here is we want to nail our resolutions, right? Being rigid and harsh is actually proven to be less effective than being gentle and curious. So may I suggest that gentleness, curiosity, and kindness is the way we can really make some progress on our goals and stick with them for the year. Tip number five is to cultivate self-confidence. So I'm reading Michelle Obama's latest book, The Light We Carry, for my book club, which, by the way, you are invited to join. It's free. It's super fun. It's online. It's once a month. I'll put a link in the show notes. But anyway, that's the book that we're reading for January. And I was reading it last night, and Michelle Obama talks about overcoming self-doubt and how that's been a lifelong challenge for her. And I was thinking, this is Michelle Obama, right? Beautiful, poised, Ivy League attorney Michelle Obama. She also faces self-doubt, which just reminds me that we all do. And especially when we're coming up against something new, something challenging, self-doubt is bound to crop up. And so cultivating confidence is a way to meet that, is a way to meet it and counter it. So cultivating confidence is something anyone can do. It's a practice just like anything else. So It requires noticing when self-doubt or self-criticism pipes up and then meeting it with some of these confidence strategies. And so here's, here's a couple of them. One of them is to just remind yourself of some simple truths, like other people have achieved this goal and I am just as human as anyone else, so I can do it too. Why not me? That's a truth you can just repeat to yourself. Other people have done it. So why can't I? Or like saying to yourself, yes, this is new and challenging territory, but I've done challenging things before and come out the other side. So when that self-doubt voice comes in and is like, ah, you'll never make it or, you know, you're not good enough. We all know that voice, right? To remind yourself, I've done challenging things before and come out the other side. Or I am a capable human being who deserves just as much as anyone else to go after her dreams. These are some little phrases you can kind of stick in your pocket and remind yourself of. These are truths. These are truisms. You can remind yourself of these when self-doubt comes up. 
Another way to boost self-confidence is to daydream about or visualize your goal achieved. This is something I'm trying to do more of in, in 2023 and even before 2023. To see yourself thriving in your new reality. To relish how good it feels to have created a life for yourself in which this goal is a done deal. To feel exactly what it's like to be on the other side of that goal, right? It's already done. You wrote your book. You got in shape. You mastered, you know, cooking or taekwondo or whatever it is. To see that happening, to feel it, feel the emotions of it, feel the excitement of it, feel the gratitude of it. Let those feelings permeate every cell. And then when that self-doubt, you know, if this is a practice, say you do a couple minutes a day or, you know, like the time between parking your car and walking to the office, you just kind of have this vision in your mind and these feelings, this image in your mind. Then when the self-doubt crops up, at least you have something to counter it. At least you have something to draw from this brilliant vision of your goal achieved. So that's another way to cultivate self-confidence as you take on this new challenge for 2023. And then my final tip is to remember that you can start over as many times as necessary. There is no limit. You can start, you can restart your new New Year's resolution in February or April or June or all of the above. Sometimes I make birthday resolutions as well as New Year's resolutions because my birthday's in August. So it's like nine months into the year, I might make new resolutions. You can start over as often as you want And that is still a victory. So as I mentioned before, I've quit smoking several times. It took several tries before it finally stuck. I had a lot of false starts when it came to starting a meditation practice. I always wanted one. I would get into it for a couple days and then that would be the end. And sometimes it just takes a few tries before we get our goals really locked into place or before we're able to build the habits and have them be reliable. Just like everybody else, you know, I've succumbed to wishful thinking and fantasies about how things would be and how easy something might be, not foreseeing the, you know, the challenges and just normal obstacles that could crop up. So as long as the goal remains meaningful to you, as long as it's something you really truly want out of self-love, then start over as many times as necessary. It's baby steps of progress. We're moving forward. The only way to, to really lose is to not restart. Like you can try again and again. And just because it didn't work before, doesn't mean it can't work now. I mean, all those other times when I quit smoking, it kind of didn't take, and then it did. And now it's been like 10 years since I smoked. So that also, I mean, it connects to all the other tips. That's another way to exercise kindness and self-compassion is to know this isn't a zero-sum game. This is something you can start again and again, especially with love. You deserve to have what you want out of your life. You deserve to cultivate a life you love, to go after the dreams that are calling to you, to have vibrant health, to have the skills, acquire the skills that you dream of having. And the way we get there is by lovingly coaxing ourselves along. So I hope that you have enjoyed these tips for how to nail your New Year's resolutions. I hope they really help you. I'm sharing this because this is what I am doing for myself as I head into my big goal of writing a book proposal. I've wanted to write a book like my entire life since I was 
like a freshman in college. And now I'm far away from that. And I'm finally making it happen this year. And I'm going to follow these steps. I'm going to be gentle with myself. I'm going to be specific about how much I'm going to work on, how many hours a week I'm going to spend on this project. And I'm going to follow these tips I just laid out for you. This is based on science. This is based on my five decades of being alive. And I just, I really hope it's helpful for you. And I would love to hear if it is. Please let me know what you think of these tips. If you try them, if they work, if they don't work, let me know. You can always email me at innerpeace2go at gmail.com. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at you know Sandy. Oh, and don't forget the book club is coming up. We're going to meet the second Wednesday of January. And after that is the first Wednesday of the month. You are invited to join. It's super fun. The people in there are awesome, big-hearted individuals. And we're reading Michelle Obama's book, The Light We Carry. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then I hope I'll see you again in season two of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. I love the chance to connect with you. And happy, happy new year. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes, and I'll see you in your inbox.